You are listening to Radio Maria Canada. We now present the Health Hub, hosted by Kathy Biasi. Good morning and welcome to the Health Hub. I'm Kathy Biasi, your host, and along with our producer, Alex Diaz, we would like to welcome you to our show this morning. Good morning, Alex. Good morning, Kathy. How are you? I'm well. How are you doing? Keeping it afloat right now. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's I'm, good. Uh, managing. There's uh, quite, quite a bit going on at uh, Radio Maria, but uh, everything's going well. Excellent. Good news. Good news. Today's show is being taped, so no opportunity for calling in, but please do follow us on our social sites. We are on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and we are at the Health Hub RMC on all three places. And do email us at thh at radiomaria.ca if you have any questions or concerns. Um, and please do subscribe to our podcast. We are the Health Hub on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, all your favorite, favorite podcast platforms. And you can also find our podcast on the Radio Maria Canada website, which is radiomaria.ca, and on my website, which is kathybiasse.com. So I, I was doing, I post a lot of different studies to my website and to, uh, well, actually mostly to Facebook and Twitter, and um, yeah, those are basically the two places I like to put on studies. And I came across an interesting one about brain freeze, you know, so now's the time that we're having our slush. It's been so hot, slushies and ice creams. And I'm sure everybody has experienced brain freeze. It's, it's, it's part of what we do in the summer, right? Um, And it was really interesting because it, all these little things that happen in our bodies, little things, you know, it's like, why does that happen? Why does, why do we get goosebumps? Why do, but uh, this one actually explains it. So brain freeze happens when you're eating something that is really cold and you're eating it too fast. We all know why it happens. Um, but, well, do we all know why it happens? I, you know how it happens, I guess, is the better way it's from eating something cold. The scientific term, I'll try this, is called uh, sphenopalatine ganglia neuralgia. How's that, right? See, that's why you're on the other side of the class. Uh, yeah, well, I'm reading it, and I've broken it down into syllables, so I'm really not that clever. Um, but anyways, <laughs> that's what brain freeze is called in the, in the smart people. You're not supposed to give away our secrets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I do it all the time. Uh, for instance, like today, our guest, our guest is Kiana Knapp, and she spells it G-N-A-P, so I went everywhere and crossed out the G. Anyways, that's something different. Whatever. Let's get on to the study. <laughs> so um, they, they were trying to, they, for whatever reason, decided that they wanted to figure out um, what happens and why it happens when um, we get this brain freeze. So our mouths are very vascularized, especially our tongue. So, and that's why we take the temperature there. It means a lot of blood vessels and things into, into our, in our mouth. So when we drink something cold and when you drink it something fast and cold, it doesn't give the mouth enough time to absorb the cold well. So the, the, the mouth will warm it up, I guess, so we don't get that brain freeze. So when you slurp something really cold, um, it changes the temperature in the back of your throat at the juncture of the internal carotid artery, which feeds blood to the brain, and the anterior cerebral artery which is where the brain tissue starts so i mean that's just big words but anyways so the one thing that our brain doesn't like is for a quick change so the brain can't actually feel the pain despite all these neurons but the pain is associated with brain freeze is sensed by the receptors in the outer covering in the brain called the meninges Anyways, it goes into this long uh, uh, explanation of it all. But um, what I really wanted to get at for everybody is 
a way that you can sort of slow down this brain freeze when you get it is to put your tongue to the back of your mouth to try and warm up that. So as far back as you can to try and warm up that area. And um, they call it jamming at the tongue, the jamming your tongue at the roof of your mouth or drink something warm. But oftentimes you're, you're, don't have that in circles while you've got the brain freeze, but sticking your tongue at the top of your mouth can actually slow it down. So the whole long and short of all that is if you have brain freeze, put your tongue at the top of your mouth and that will help to stop that, that sensation or even pain in the middle of your forehead when uh, you've overdosed yourself with something cold. So just want to pass. I thought it was very interesting. So when I find something interesting, I toss it back to you guys. So hope you enjoyed that one. Next time you have was, ice cold was, brain freeze, you're going to think of us. There you go. That was a, definitely something that I'll remember for sure. Thank you. Yeah, yes. you know, a lot of people are going to go, oh, I heard that. What am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? Anyway, so hopefully you'll think of it and it'll give you some relief. But moving on to our show today, this is, uh, we're talking about feet. I'm a feet person. I love feet. So talking about this is, is, is fun for me. Kiana Knapp is a fitness professional athlete and foot nerd. She's a certified professional and group fitness trainer, and she earned her Bachelor of Science at Western University and went on to pursue a master's in European history from Kingston University in London, UK. After completing her schooling, Kiana rediscovered her inherent passion for fitness and changed her career trajectory at the age of 26. She is currently working as a fitness coach at Orange Theory. Plug for Orange Theory. I go to Orange Theory or was going before COVID. Love it. And this year she graduated from the Foot Collective Foot Nerd Program and is enthusiastic about teaching others how to build a strong foot. Really interesting conversation. You know, we don't think about our hand grip, our foot grip. We bring this up in conversation, but it's very interesting, um, a very interesting conversation. So that's about Kiana, and everybody will be back to meet her in just a couple of minutes. Another heartbreak day Feels like your mind sun don't shine, shine. Too many passing dreams, roll by like limousines. It's hard to keep believing when it pass you by and by. I never will forget, I 
Welcome back, everybody. Our show today is being taped, so no opportunity for calling in, but please do follow us on our social sites. We are on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And if you'd like to email us, we are at thh at radiomaria.ca. Kiana, welcome to the show. Thank you for being with us today. Hi, Kathy. Uh, thanks for having me. That's a pleasure. It's been a topic I've wanted to talk about for a while, so I'm glad we found a specialist in the area. Now, you've certainly come, you know, I've, we read that um, you've got a master's in European history, and you've yep. kind of, you kind of circled back into fitness. How did, how did that um, journey go? Yeah, um, I guess it's just the part of my life that interests me the most and that I'm the most um, passionate about. Um, I will say I did grow up like always in the sciences, like through high school, through university. Um, history was just something that I, I definitely enjoyed it. Um, and I still do enjoy it, but I mean, you can't deny that underlying passion you have for, um, for fitness. And mm -hmm. it's also something that I just grew up with, um, in my family. So my mom and my dad are both, they're both very high level athletes um in their day and my mom was a fitness instructor so I just grew up basically in a gym watching her instruct watching her coach um and my dad was a national level uh wrestler so I mean I just have that part um embedded in me so it really came down to uh figuring out what I liked the most and what I wanted to pursue so it it just was so natural that when I was done with that history um, degree, I just focused in and thought, well, fitness is really where uh, my passion lies and where I want to spend or what I want to spend my life uh, doing. Um, yeah, so that's it's, how that big circle worked. <laughs> the big circle. It is funny. I just just read an article this morning about how parents are really the first, you know, in so many areas, of course, but are really the first influencers of their kids when it comes to physical health and physical education and being active. So you just sort of brought to life this whole this whole article that I read. It's it's great. Yes, totally. And do you have siblings that are also involved in um, the health space? Uh, yeah, well, I have two older sisters. Um, one is involved in, she's an online coach. She's a professional bodybuilder, actually. And then my other sister, she's not quite into the fitness um, end of things, but um, we definitely, we all grew up with it. It was something that was never, like, forced on us. We just saw, like, the example of our parents, and we just naturally, you know, gravitated towards that, which is awesome, like, not to be forced to do anything, but mm -hmm. to just see it and see the benefits of it. I mean, my parents are both happy, like, strong people. So, you know, it's just, it's just so natural. You so are listening to, you, to do you enjoy Canada. working out and we exercising or do you enjoy the, the way it makes you feel after? Because I'm Kathy always, Biasi. you know, <laughs> of that space where like I, I run um, and yeah. I actually was at Orange Theory before, before it was shut down for the COVID, but I always felt yeah. better after sometimes during it. It's like, Oh my gosh, why do I, especially running like, Oh my gosh. I mean, why am yeah. I, doing this? <laughs> I totally get that. Yeah. I mean, I have both, both days. Like there's some days where like, I really enjoy the process and I enjoy the, the actual doing the working out. Mm -hmm. Plus I like the side effects, but then like there's some days where it's just, it's just a struggle right sometimes. And I'm just like, yeah. I say the same thing. Why do I do this to myself? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it, it's, it's the reward that comes after, right. That keeps you going back. So and what's your favorite yeah. type of exercising? 
Um, I really enjoy uh, strength training right now. Um, it's something that I never, like, I guess, especially females in general, when they think of staying in shape, uh, they always think of cardio, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Go to cardio first. Yeah. But uh, just strength training has been a huge uh, just an impact on my overall health. So I encourage all ladies, especially, and I know men <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, are easier to convince that way, but uh, yeah, strength training, uh, lift those heavy o- objects and <laughs> you'll be, yeah. you'll be good. I did yeah. strength training a bit um, about 10 years ago. Um, and now I'm kind of back to, I think you evolve. I think you change and maybe it's because you yeah. get bored of one thing or another, but uh, oh, I did, sure, yeah. I did some, what I consider heavy lifting about 10 years ago. And mm-hmm. um, I had, I broke my leg a couple of times, so it kind of aggravated my leg. So I've changed over to more of a, um, well, the Orange Theory type of, of uh, yeah. training, but um, I've really started focusing right now on running. So I think you change. Maybe uh-huh. you get bored of one thing or your body's calling out for something else, but uh, an interesting an interesting dynamic, so that's great for you. But you've, yeah. you've really taken on this interest in feet, and I've yeah. always had an interest in feet. First of all, I love feet. I know the people that are hate feet or they love feet, but I'm a, I've always been a foot person. Um, I'm so happy to hear that. <laughs> oh, I really am. And and I, you know, I kick off my shoes whenever I can. I love to be outside and have the, oh, good. the earth under my feet. Where did you get your passion? Uh, yeah, so if you asked me like a year ago, I would say, oh, I hate I hate feet they're stupid, they hurt, like, why? <laughs> um, but um, I, I went through training and actually completing my first marathon last uh, fall, so in October. Um, and right after, I was in excruciating pain. Like, I knew you were probably going to hurt after <laughs> you run a marathon, but, like, it was, it was awful. Um, just so much inflammation in my feet, in my ankles. Um, about a week after, I actually... I just went to the straight to the hospital. I was in so much pain and I thought I for sure fractured something in my, my left foot. Um, I knew I had plantar fasciitis. Um, I had had it before when I was younger and it came back during uh, training because I increased my running volume uh, drastically, like in a really short period of, period of time. Um, so yeah, really bad pain after the marathon, went to the doctor, I went to a chiropractor, um, I went to a chiropractor, all these you know, medical professionals saying, oh, that's just, that's what, ha- that's what happens. Like feet hurt, you ran a marathon, like <laughs> that's normal. Um, but that, that answer was not really good enough for me. I'm just, mm-hmm. I mean, people run marathons and they, they don't get hurt, you know, they're fine. Um, it turns out I didn't have any like fracture or anything in my foot. Um, it was just, it was just a lot of swelling, a lot of inflammation. Um, so it just took time for it to go down. But um, that experience kind of, well, definitely um, propelled me to just do research on my own. So that is where I stumbled um, onto the Foot Collective. Um, they're a great uh, company, Canadian-based company in Ottawa. Um, they have so much information out there. I signed up for a few of their online seminars, um, and then I went further and I uh, submitted uh, application to take their Foot Nerd program. Um, so what they have out there information wise, um, completely changed my view around feet. I started actually researching how to build strong feet. So that's, that's the main <laughs> takeaway of all this is that mm-hmm. your feet hurt because they're weak. So you need to strengthen your feet. So it's well, basically that marathon experience that uh, started that. You know, I had, uh, I've, I've interviewed somebody that, um, talked about breathing you know, we, I think we take for granted the things that our body does. And then when we yeah. push, uh, it pushes back. I broke my leg um, and I was in a cast for quite a while. And it wasn't my leg that hurt. It wasn't my hip. When I got out of that cast, mm-hmm. it was six months. The pain in my foot was yeah. unbelievable because the muscle, it went completely flat. And it, my biggest part of, of retraining my body after being in a cast was strengthening my foot. And yes, you yeah. don't know it or realize it until you've damaged it 
or something happens like you running the marathon. So yeah. it's, it's, it's a piece. It's the first thing that we put on the ground in the morning. It's, it's what is exactly. essential for us to move and we don't pay it. It's due homage. I know like just from me, and I guess maybe was it because you pushed your feet too fast? Were they not trained enough? You know, when you look back, would you have said, you know, that is a piece that I didn't even think about? Yeah. I mean, that's what it seems like. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, I remember in the, in the training for it, I couldn't like the pain, like the plantar fasciitis pain was really bothering me. And this is when I didn't know about, you know, foot strengthening. And I think I switched my shoes. I bought three pairs of shoes during like only about 12 weeks of training. Um, you know, I was searching after like cushion and like different types of support and stuff like that. Um, so what I'm sure we're going to get into during this talk is about um, how cushion in shoes actually uh, doesn't do anything to help your strength. It actually weakens your feet um, even further. So, so no, like it, I wasn't training my foot strength. I was just training my, my running, right? Mm -hmm. um, so, so lesson learned. Yeah. <laughs> lesson <laughs> learned. What's plantar fa fasciitis? This is something totally different than the actual structural damage to your foot. Uh, yeah, so plantar fasciitis, it's, um, it's the weakening or it's the, the tearing, breaking down of the plantar fascia. So it's that tissue that runs along the arch of your, of your foot. Um, it's extremely common. I think about one in 10 people in Canada, um, that's the latest stat I found, um, will experience that in their life. So you, can be, you don't have to be an athlete um, to get that. Um, but uh, yeah, it's just basically it's a load bearing issue where your that plantar fascia is not able to take the load that you uh, place on it. Again, is it because we're not using our foot right? Um, yes, and it has a lot to do with the alignment um, okay. that you're in because posture it begins and ends at the foot. So um, the I mean the, the foot is <laughs> see this is why it's amazing. Um, has yeah has to do with the alignment starting from your hips starting from the torque of your hips. Um, and also the, the muscles of your foot that can't help support that arch as well. Yeah. So let's, so let's build the foot. So once we start taking yeah. it apart and, and going into the different areas where your foot can be impacted, uh, can you give us uh, an anatomical idea of how the foot is put together? Yeah, for sure. Um, and first, I just want to say a quote from Da Vinci, which perfectly you know, sums up the foot. He said, the human foot is a masterpiece of engineering in a work of art. Mm. Um, so yeah, let's, let's see why that is. Um, so uh, each foot has 26 bones. Um, so that means both the feet together hold a quarter of the bones in your body. So, I mean, just that alone is pretty, pretty mm. amazing. Um, each foot also has 33 joints. Um, so that, that's a ton of joints in a small area. And if you think a joint like your elbow joint, um, it flexes and it extends. It has two points of um, articulation there. So just imagine if each of those 33 joints in your foot had two points of articulation. That's that's a ton of movement that should be happening um, in your foot. Um, then we have 19 muscles in each foot. Um, there are actually four layers of muscle in your foot. Um, so muscle support load. Um, we have intrinsic muscles, so they originate and they insert, so they begin and end within your foot. And then you also have extrinsic muscles, um, which originate in the lower leg, and then they insert into your foot. Um, and the reason why that's important uh, or important to appreciate in your feet is because it's those intrinsic muscles that are, especially in this modern shoe-wearing world, those intrinsic muscles are super weakened right now um, in most people. Um, and then we see we, our extrinsic muscles are really overworked. So one of the most common uh, complaints I hear among members is they're suffering from shin splints and tight calves. Um, so those muscles are doing not only the work of being a shin and being a calf, but they're doing the work of stabilizing your feet because, you know, those intrinsic muscles are so weak that they need help um, from that lower leg area. What's causing the weakness? Um, so that comes down to what we're placing our shoes in every day, which is cushion and stiff, rigid footwear, not allowing our um, our muscles to actually 
uh, load bear. So it's the structure yeah. of the shoe. Yes. Footwear is huge. <laughs> yeah. You know, when my um, kids were, were born, um, the, the doctor told me early on, you know, once they started to walk, it's funny, it actually evolved over because I have four kids, it evolved. But my son, my the doctor told me to put him into rigid shoes right away, you know, the little white booties mm. um, yeah. to help with the structure of the foot. Now, is that, you know, it did evolve over time, but is that the absolute wrong way to do things? Yeah, like I would say that's complete opposite of what you want to do. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's funny because I grew up, like, I heard that too, right? Mm-hmm. Um but actually, I mean, you want the foot to, it should be, it's a robust, um, like body part. It should be resilient and strong. And, um, the only way you do that is by letting the muscles take load, letting the muscles work. Right. Um, if we, I mean, like you said, with, um, when you broke your leg and you took, I mean, you took your leg out of the cast or anyone that takes any part of their body out of a cast. I mean, look at what the muscle, what happens to the muscles after, I mean, one leg is smaller than the other leg. One arm is smaller than the other arm. Um, so that's essentially what we're doing with our feet when we put them in, in shoes. Um, the muscles atrophy because they're not being used. Um, and yeah, and I know another tale you hear is like, if you wear flat shoes, you're going to get flat feet. Um, again, totally untrue. <laughs> um, flat feet are caused by weak arches. So arches that aren't doing the job of taking load. Um, so you begin to overpronate and your arch falls uh, flat. So, I mean, the best thing for kids is to actually spend, spend time barefoot, barefoot. I know it's like seemed as it's naughty to like be barefoot, but I mean, grow those strong, like resilient feet. And I mean, you'll be pain free. Well, why are, is, does it start at the feet? The whole posture thing start at the feet. Why are the feet so important for overall health? Yeah. Um, so let's talk about, like, let's uh, talk about the function like of your foot then, um, to answer that question. So mm-hmm. your feet, the number one role are their sensors. So there's thousands, millions, I don't know the, the number, but of nerve endings in your foot, um, that tell your brain, um, about your body's position in space. Um, so that, that's called proprioception. Um, so we need our feet to sense the ground beneath us to tell us where we are. So that's kind of why um, your posture begins at your feet. Um, so again, going back to shoes, when we put chunky pieces of <laughs> footwear on our feet, we completely inhibit that feedback between um, the ground and our brain, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you see this with people, I mean, a high heel is an extreme example, but ask someone wearing a high heel to stand on one leg, right? They're going to be wobbling like all over the place (laughs) ask them to take that high heel off and just stand flat on the ground i mean so much more stable right so you need that feedback loop um between your your feet in the ground and your brain um for your posture so once that's kind of inhibited um then you see compensations take form so you might you might supinate like roll your foot outwards you might pronate inwards uh create flat feet uh knees start caving in uh, your hips get sore because um, it just works all the way up the kinetic chain, even back pain, low back pain, often a result of what uh, you have on your feet. Yeah. Interesting. So mm-hmm. would you say that it starts at the foot and works its way up or can the foot be impacted top down? Uh, top down too, as well, for sure. Um, so you can't really talk about feet without talking about hips then. Um, mm-hmm. I think I just mentioned quickly earlier, uh, your hips is actually what creates the torque um, of your foot placement. Mm-hmm. So what a huge problem today is we just, we sit so much today, right? Mm-hmm. Um, everything's can, we have a chair everywhere, <laughs> you know, chairs are everywhere for our convenience. Um, so we have extremely tight hips in this Western population. Um, so we often see a lack of um, external rotation. Um, so that's the hip, the ball and socket joint, you know, moving externally away from the body. Um, so that, that rotation is what creates the torque and positions our feet. So if you have like overpronation or flat feet, um, you can often get someone to, you can do this test if you're listening at home, you can do this right now. <laughs> if you stand up and you just slightly bend your knees, 
and you pull your knees apart slightly, you will see that your arch lifts off the ground slightly. And even more, if you also squeeze your butt while you're doing that. Um, so just that little action of, you know, opening up your hips just a tiny bit, you see that that torque lifts your arch um, off the ground. So it's really amazing to see. I mean, it's a whole kinetic chain, like bottom up and top down um, that, yeah, we just, we aren't very aware of. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I totally agree. So another example of the systemic interconnection of the whole body. It's, it's amazing yeah. when you take it piece by piece and then, and then totally. you pull it all together into the big picture. We're going to take a quick break right now and come back and, and maybe Kiana will talk about how we can improve the structure of our feet. I think that's, you know, once people have understood now uh, the importance a little bit, we haven't been able to get like to do too deep, but um, yeah, the feet are important. So we're going to take a quick break and we'll come back and we'll talk about how to improve on our structure. So everyone will be back Absolutely. in a sec. I'm not about to give up because I heard you say there's going to be brighter days. There's going to be brighter days. I won't stop. I'll keep my head up. No, I'm not here to stay. There's going to be brighter days. There's going to be brighter days. I just might bend, but I won't break. As long as I can see your face. voice wherever you are. To contact us and be a part of the show, email thh at radiomaria.ca. We now continue with the program. Here once again is your host, Kathy Biasi. Welcome back, everybody. We're talking to Tiana Knapp, having a great conversation about our feet. And Tiana, we've talked about, we've given everyone sort of a general idea of the function of the feet and... Um, we didn't talk about the nerves too much, but you did bring it up. It's something that I meant to, to talk about in passing. Um, we t- think about our feet as this rough, callous thing, uh, mm-hmm. you know, but you've said that there are a lot of nerves that feed into uh, our feet. So I just yeah. want to touch on that a little bit. Yeah, just um, I guess that just works with the whole proprioception. So mm-hmm. the, the, just the nerve endings um, in your feet and how, you know, that's what sends the signal to your brain about uh, your 
body's position. So, um, and again, that's, that's something that's inhibited when we wear, you know, chunky, stiff footwear um, Mm -hmm. on our feet. So a quick question has just popped into my head. Um, Mm -hmm. People that have like calluses on their feet or very rough under the skin on the bottom of their feet, does that impact the nerves at all? Do you know, or is that a totally different thing? Um, I think that might be a a different thing Um, because I mean, in the barefoot community, if you have, roughed up callous feet, that's actually, that's a, a good sign um, oh. that your, your feet are resilient and, you know, you know, you can walk barefoot, you know, on pavement on a whole matter of surfaces. So it's actually, I mean, if you have a little bit of callus on your feet, I mean, all the power to you. That means, you know, you're, you have resilient, strong feet. Yeah. So you've introduced the subject of footwear. We've talked briefly about it. Um, we can't go barefoot all the time. I know it's ideal. Yeah. For me, it's ideal. <laughs> What yeah. should people be looking for and tending to? And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a, a step here and say that I imagine good footwear is probably a little bit more costly. Um, but what are people looking for in good shoes when they go shopping? Or what should they be looking for? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so again, shout out to Foot, Foot Collective for, I mean, making this, this super clear. Um, there are four points. Um, that I can tell you what to look for in your footwear um, if you want to build strong, resilient feet. Um, so you can remember it really easily with um, WTFF. So I'll go through all of them. Um, so W, wide. So when you look at footwear today on the shelves, um, they all go into a point. Um, if you really look at it, they're all widest um, at the ball of your foot. But if you look at what the natural human foot looks like, um, if you have a baby or a toddler around, check, take a look at their feet. It's widest from the big toe to the little toe. Um, so that's what we mean about a wide foot or a wide piece of footwear. Um, so you want to have you want to have your toes toes essentially should have space between them. You should be able to wiggle them around. Um, but unfortunately, most conventional shoes today they go into that weird pointed shape. Again, a high heel would be the the most extreme example. A men's dress shoe. Um, but look at running shoes. I mean, they all have that, that they're widest at the ball of the foot and not the toes. Mm. Um, so that's something to look out for. Um, then we have T so thin, um, and that relates to, um, how close the bottom of the shoe is to the ground. So thin meaning not a ton of cushion and, um, yeah, just not a ton of cushion between the ground because again, you want to be able to feel what's what's beneath you on the ground. You want to know what's happening down there. And again, this can improve your balance and your, your foot, the strength of those intrinsic uh, muscles. Um, and then the first F will be flat. Um, so if you have the shoe just placed on the shelf or on the ground, um, it's touching the ground from the, from the toe to the heel. Um, so again, most running shoes, especially today, they have um, kind of an uplift at the, the big toe. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that kind of forms a superficial, uh, toe extension, uh, which is potentially harmful for our feet because, um, you, your toes should naturally extend the last part of your foot to leave the, leave the ground when you're um, walking or running is your big toe. But if your big toe is already held up at that extended angle, there's no reason for your toe to do that movement. And it just kind of gets stuck up in that position and it becomes stiff. Um, so you want to make sure, yeah, that, that shoe is completely flat. There's no like weird uplift on the heel or toe or anything like that. That way your foot can actually do the full, the full movement from heel to toe lift off. Um, and then the last F will be flexible. So the shoes that I wear, I can crumple them up and I can twist them side to side. I can, you know, just shove them in a purse basically if I wanted to. Um, Yeah. So this is actually the opposite of what I went to a chiropodist when I was having foot pain and she said, I need stiff, rigid shoes, kind of like what you mentioned too. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, actually the opposite. So your foot should be able to move as well as it can barefoot um, if you put it in a shoe. So the shoe should not have any uh, rigidity to it. it, I mean, your ankle can move around. Your foot can uh, move around a bit. It can it can adjust, it can stabilize. Um, and yeah, that way you can build strong feet and build strong ankles. Um, I mean, people roll their ankles all the time, right? 
Um, this is because your ankles, they're, they're weak. <laughs> the muscles around there are weak. They don't know what to do and they have to stabilize. And that leads to, you know, rolling ankles and injuries and all sorts of things like that. Um, so yeah. And, uh, yeah, so those are four great things to look for, or even just, just be aware of when you're, when you're shopping for shoes, like see if those four things you can check off on conventional shoes. And I mean, I'd be surprised if you can check those things off. Um, so where do you shop? Just, um, there are barefoot minimal, um, shoe companies out there. Right there. Okay. We're getting, yeah, we're getting more of them. Um, right now the ones that aren't too bad that like, you can find in shops right now is Merrill. Um, mm-hmm. I know they're known more for like hiking, but, um, yeah. They, yeah, they do have like some wider fit shoes. Um, there's some new balance trainers. You'd have to get like the training shoes, um, which are generally made closer to the ground. Um, they'd be a little bit flatter. Um, but then I can list, there's some like that you can shop online for Vivo barefoot is my personal favorite. I love them. They check all those boxes. Um, there's zero shoes, zero with an X. Um, there's groundies, barefoot wear. I believe they're UK. Um, yeah, there's, there's a bunch. <laughs> Excellent. Now, um, you mentioned something about their big toe coming off last. Do you mm-hmm. know what the proper step, can you walk us through what the proper alignment of the foot is in a correct step? Yeah. Um, so I can talk about in terms of like where the pressure is yeah. on the bottom of the foot. So if you're walking, um, you walk heel to toe. So you, the heel would hit first. Um, you'd actually supinate over to the lateral side of your foot. Okay, um, the outside. And then you would, yeah. yeah, so yeah, heel slightly on the outside. Then the ball of your foot would touch down. And then you're going to pronate a little bit. And then that's what's going to make that your big toe leave off last. So it's that four points of contact. So if so I'm, heel, I'm doing this with my hand, so now I can see why yeah. there are so many joints and so many areas that are able to bend. Because yeah, that's totally. how many different movements in one step, right? Mm-hmm. That's a lot. Yeah. And yeah, what if walking you've got, is, is very complicated. <laughs> it, uh, it's funny because we had um, at our clinic a few years back, we had a man come in and talk about proper walking and people were amazed uh, at it, yeah. uh, at him just showing the proper walking. Um, now, if your foot, if you have, if you're not walking properly, if, if you've been in high heels or whatever, anyways, yeah. if you're having issues with your feet, can we exercise out of them? Is there a way to strengthen or certain exercises that you would recommend to work on the health? It's almost like, you know, uh, people don't realize until they're lifting heavier weights how much their grip means right the grip of your hand and the strength of your feet they're kind of something that we don't think too much about until we're in trouble but is are there exercises that you can do to strengthen your feet yes there absolutely is um so there's a really smart lady uh irene davis um she came out with an an amazing article um called the foot core system um so she compares the bottom of your foot um similar to or its role in stabilizing your foot and the strength of your foot, similar to the role of like your torso, your six pack abs in stabilizing your, your lumbo pelvic hip region. Um, so there's an, an awesome graphic of it and it, it has, um, it shows the bottom of your foot, um, the arch of your foot, it shows a six pack on it. And it says, mm-hmm. if your foot had a six pack, more people would train them. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just so funny. Um, so basically what she says is that yes, those intrinsic muscles. So the muscles that, begin and end within your uh, foot, they can be strengthened and they can help to um, create more stability and help hold up that arch. Um, so there's um, a really simple exercise if you're standing up. You, so you kind of try to do what I said before with um, pull your knees apart, try and get that arch lifted up a little bit, just a soft bend in the knees. And then you're going to really concentrate hard. <laughs> you're going to try and keep your toes um, straight, keep your toes flat. And you're going to think about bringing the ball of your foot down towards your heel. So you like, you want to close that space between the ball of your foot and your heel. And that's basically you're, you're flexing your arch. You're flexing all those muscles in the arch. And just like you can do that anywhere. You can be standing at the sink, brushing your teeth. You could be in line at the grocery store and you could just think about that movement, just flexing the arch of your foot and just doing that movement. Um, 
they, they showed how it increases um, foot strength, how it actually decreased in foot size. So people's feet shrunk in size just a tiny bit, and that showed that their, their muscles strengthened and it lifted up that arch area a little bit. Um, yeah, so it's really cool. Mm-hmm. The, the importance of the foot muscle in overall balance must be a huge mm-hmm. factor too. And, you know, as we age, you know, older people can, um, they tend to fall a bit more. And, you know, I'm just, yeah. I'm thinking ahead, you know, if, if, if we had that foundation strong, maybe that could be um, a little bit of a deterrent or help with, with stabilizing posture and stability in general. Yeah, totally. Um, and then it also goes back to the hip, right? Um, I mean, those stabilizing muscles in the hip that um, are going to help prevent falls too. Um, but also, if you if you're on a if you're on a thick uh, piece of footwear that you can't feel the ground with, then again, that feedback is cut off. Um, so yeah, training balance. I mean is a foot strengthening exercise as well. Mm-hmm. Um, even better if you can train balance on an uneven surface or on like a two by four, something like a, a balance beam. That way you're, you're working your, your feet and your hips and your core stability as well um, all at the same time. So yeah, definitely helps to prevent those, those falls that seem to happen in old age, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Is this something yeah. that's part of your... Um usual routine is literally working on foot strength? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it is. Um, and I will say just um, anyone out there just spending more time barefoot is foot strengthening in itself, right? Um, so taking away that, that footwear that blocks basically your ability to use your muscles and just let your feet be free on the ground. Um, let them take load um, because Essentially, when you wear footwear, you're you're removing that load from the muscles in your foot. So, um, yeah, absolutely. I <laughs> I mean, I practice balance daily. Um, yeah, I'm barefoot whenever I can. Um, yeah. The, there's a real difference here between the power of moving properly and exercise. I mean, they do weave in and out of each other, but you're you're mm-hmm. talking about proper movement. Um, sort of in a different context than exercise. And I think it's important to, to differentiate the two and then maybe yeah. uh, bring them together. Have you noticed a difference in your, uh, your exercise capability or goals that you've wanted to achieve since you started working on your feet? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, so it's your first question. Um, yeah. So movement and exercise two two different things. Um, movement is, a huge array of uh, just any time that you're moving your body. I know it sounds obvious, but movement is includes every type of moving, whether it's gardening, whether it's walking to get the mail, whether it's uh, vacuuming in your house. Um, that That's movement. Exercise is a very small subset of movement. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just those repetitive exercises that we do in the gym. So it's like your bench press, it's like your squat, um, those sorts of things. So basically, if we can um, allow ourselves to move to move more, move more often, um, in the long run, that's going to be way more beneficial for our bodies than an hour spent in the gym, right? I mean, you can go to the gym for an hour. Wow, that's great. Um, but an hour in the gym isn't going to uh, make up for, you know, the other 12 hours of a day that you spend sitting in a chair, you know? Mm-hmm. So... Um, yeah, people can just move, move more, um, move more often, and they you will start to move uh, better. And then you know that exercise can just be kind of like a little bonus for you. Um, I, I think you bring up such a valid point, and it's something that I, you know, we we we've started talking about the amount of sitting. I mean, that is everyone now knows that we sit too much. We don't yeah. move that much. We've become more of an exercise versus movement and yeah I think people get into their minds that if they they go hard at it for an hour that's fine and that takes mm-hmm. care of they can get their 10,000 steps in and or do whatever in an hour an hour yeah. and a half that doesn't take the place of just moving our body does it totally no um yeah I mean we've become 
we are sedentary. Um, mm-hmm. Just because you go to the gym every day, you can go to the gym every day and still be a sedentary person, right? Um, so, yeah, we really lost that. And that just comes down to, I mean, I'm pretty sure exercise was, I heard this, or I heard this, but ex, like going to the gym and exercising was some, like it's a modern invention based mm-hmm. on how we, we became sedentary people, right? Um, yeah, if, even if you went back... 100 maybe 150 years now but like people would think it's so weird we have gyms and we have to like exercise right 100 um, yeah so, you know those areas but, of the world that are that are the healthiest uh they don't yeah. go to the gyms right they're outside they're pruning their trees they're walking around they're talking neighbors yeah. um totally. and we can see how it's impacting our body just by um our conversation today yeah now, and are you just, training? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Finish off. Kim. Oh, sorry. No. Oh, I was just going to say that like, if you incorporate more movement into your life, you will. Because I mean, I'm, I'm an athlete. I love, I love the challenges that you know exercise gives me, and I still have goals like in the gym and stuff. But I don't stop moving outside, and you will see a difference in the gym in those you know, athletic um, performance when you do start incorporating more of this um, into your life. So mm-hmm. it's really cool to see. Yeah. Are you are you working directly with people on feet health, or is this was this something of your own, um, just a, a an interest? Piece? Yeah, this was just it started as something. Yeah, just on my own um, because I'm basically a test subject to myself um, mm-hmm. to prove that you know I can build stronger feet, I can heal myself of you know nasty plantar fasciitis. Um, but it's something that I've been passing down to my members um, at Orange Theory, um, starting to definitely help some people that way. Um, my family is totally on board. So yeah, it's really, it's really awesome to see. Excellent. So if people wanted to get in touch with you or reach out and ask you questions, what is the best way to do that? Yeah. Uh, the best way is on Instagram, uh, just at Kiana Knapp. Um, you can message me there. I have my email um, information up there and that's where I do most of my posts. I do a few posts a week, all educational content about your hips your mobility um and your feet and a few few exercise things on there too yeah excellent well it's been a very informative show and then it's gone by quite quickly um thank yeah. you so much for joining us and educating us very very interesting to say the least oh thank you so much kathy that was a lot of fun Excellent. Uh, so everybody, we will have all of Kiana's information when the podcast comes out. So if you want to reach out to her and Kiana, again, thank you so much. And everyone will talk to you next week on the Health Hub. to The Health Hub, hosted by Kathy Biasi, here on Radio Maria Canada.